Welcome to the China Flexpad Podcast. So, hello, my name is Marta Carolina Sanchez-Garcia. I am a Mexican working in a German company in China. I study mechatronic engineering in Mexico, and I have a system design management certification at the MIT. I worked 10 years in Germany and four in China. I work in currently as a system architect in autonomous driving. Um, my husband is German and I have uh, five years old. So, and I will be happy to share my insights in this experience. Carolina, this is so great to have you here on the show. You came from Mexico to Germany. You had a good job and a family. Why was it so important for you to come to China? Yeah, so at the university, I have experience abroad. So I, I went to different countries for a short time and I developed new skills. I built tolerance. I, my perspective of the world changed. So when I start to work, I want that for my family. Um, since we, I got married, uh, this was one point in my bucket list. So we should go together as a family abroad. Uh, why China? So I love Asia. And I think China have the same values. Uh, also, the family value is very similar that, like in Mexico. Professionally, um, I work in development. So China gave me the opportunity and give me these three factors. So new environment, professional development, and similar values as in my home country. But uh, you came to China as a family, right? That can be a big financial burden for your company. So how did you convince your company? Yes, right. So at the beginning, uh, I took the university approach. So I applied to jobs that were created, and I didn't fix exactly on that uh, profile. So. I noticed that sending an expat abroad is a huge invest for the company. So I take a different approach. I get in contact with different regions, so giving trainings or explaining, taking some um, jobs as uh, not translator, but to somehow to be uh, responsible for that region. Then I identify some points that they need and what, what will be my value add to that. So then finally I built a business case. So For this region, what they need, what I can bring, how I can fill the gap, what is my extra point there. And then I present this business case to Germany, in my case, and to China. And then I create a position that is really good for me. Then later as a family, uh, going as an expert, then at least in international companies or big companies, they have already guidelines. So they, they know, okay, we will invest that amount of money on that. And I mean, they're quite good deals. So my point here is, if you want have the interest to go with your company somewhere abroad, don't just apply. So create your business case, tell them what is your value add, and go for it. You and your husband, you are both working, and your son is in school. Uh, to be honest, it's the first time I ever heard of that for expats or flexpats. So how does it work? So I think it's very important to have very clear goals and be very open. Um, and the family. So for us, um, we dis when I got after I created my business case and I got the opportunity and I got the proposal, I went to my family and I said, "Hey, I have that. So what is your no-go? What is your expectations?" And for my husband, it was to have a job. Um, he will not take that experience just staying at home. And for our son, it was very important to have a childcare that 
is good for us that uh, fill up our requirements. So everything else was on the top of that. So that's where we focus on. We have something like it's called info trip. So we come to China one week and normally families look for houses or areas or how is the hospital. For us was a intensive research of childcare. So we and then my, my, my tip is in China, we have different channels. So we have WeChat, we have local um, search and, and we can ask locals as well. So I was very afraid that I didn't find many options when I look outside China. But when I came here and I start asking my expat colleagues and as well the locals and they give me some contacts, I saw a lot of opportunities and a lot of um, possibilities for childcare. So this takes out of, our, of us a big problem. And for my husband it was the same. We came here, we start to, to see other possibilities. We saw there, there could be some options. So, but you should be in the beginning clear what is a no-go for your family? What will bring your family together? And when I, I remember when I took that trip, I was ready to say no to this opportunity if my husband don't have a job or if my child doesn't, we don't find a childcare for my child that is good for us as a family. So my message is talk with your family, find the real button of the negotiation and then focus on that first. I assume you work in international projects, both with professionals and headquarters, with expats here in China, and with Chinese professionals. It's the same for me. So what are the differences and how do you cope with that? Yeah, I think that's the biggest challenge. Uh, but as well, what is your value add in China? So I think that's why Chinese companies should have um, professionals from all the world and as well uh, international should exchange um, this person. So your job is to build a bridge, to, to understand what is the situation here, why is so important, how is the customer, what are the necessities, how to make the prioritization. But as well to explain the locals why we need, in my case, in Germany, this process or these steps or this information. And, and to build that bridge is not only your job, it's something that will give you a lot of the uh, skills in communication and tolerance and patience, but as well intercultural competence. I think the main point is to get the business ahead, but as well you should take it very serious, um, This to be this bridge between the different regions. I understand. I still would like to know, can you give me some examples of the Chinese way of working and the international way of working and how do you exactly bridge that? Yes. Um, one example is we have a lot of customers here. So we have around Chinese EOMs are in a magnitude of 40 different customers, right? So our approach in China is the mainstream is we should have a very good product, uh, get the market and sell it to everyone. But the volumes are not so high as in Germany. In Germany, it's a different approach, different business model. We have maybe three big customers with high volumes. So we go more specific to that. So what, what these three customers want, and then we uh, offer them what they want separately. Here is the mainstream. So, okay, what we can have that cover the most of what they, our customers want. Um, and this is, like, for example, something that is my job to explain to Germany why we need something agile and something fast or something easy to adapt or change for different cars. 
and to explain to China in order to keep our high standards of quality, we need to follow some process. Even if we want to be fast, we need to be, we need to follow the way and, and to understand which steps we can skip without uh, giving a, a problem on the quality. So I just would like to mention that you're working, just like me, you're working in the automotive industry, right, at a tier one supplier. And I'm also pretty much involved in this industry. I really enjoy it. And last week, I had a look at a Chinese car with autonomous driving feature. It's just, I think it's what you're working on. The, it's a Chinese brand. It's called Xpeng. It looks very much like the Tesla Model S. I don't want to say it's a copy, but, you know, it, it looks very much close to that. So how do you see the future of autonomous driving here in China? Yes, I think um, autonomous driving in China has a big potential. Very, the most of the potential that I see is not itself of the car because uh, Xpeng or Tesla or whatever could have the best uh, sensor set, the best software, the best perception and recognition. But the big, a big deal in autonomous driving is the infrastructure. So the noises or the, the unknowns that are outside um, on the street, right? So you can have a really good car, but if you drive it in a, a city or in a highway that is a chaos, that the, the measurements of the highways change every time or you get a call. So that will be impact your system. There is where I see a stronger point in China, the infrastructure. So they build the sensors that are connected to the vehicles. Um, they could change very fast uh, the infrastructure in order to meet the requirements for autonomous driving. And this is a, a priority on the list of China. Living in China, it also requires a lot of routine. You just described this, the look and see trip. You come to China, you look for a house and so on, and you use the time to find, to understand about the professional future, which I find great. But still, finding a house, school for your son, buying a car, going on holiday, buying groceries and so on. How do you like your family life here in China? Yeah, we love our family life in China. It's very different than before. Uh, my advice will be take it slow. So one app per week, be open to something new and ask a lot to the locals and observe what they do, how they do it and ask them how they do it. So, and then give a try. So for example, um, the apps, so they, if you want to go to the supermarket, normally you do it like in your home country, but then later you will observe that the other ones do it differently, or maybe you can ask, how do you do it? And then you get this fabulous apps where you can order anything and they just bring it to your door um, or ticket trains. Or maybe your first step will be like organize the holidays with the agency. But then later you can go more deep and ask them, how do you do it? Which app do you buy your ticket train? And then maybe first one that is in English, then later try give a try with one in Chinese that is cheaper. So I think I have, we have lived in here four years and every day I learn something new. And this is always by observing the other ones and asking to them. Well, but many expats live in their gated community. So how do you make friends with Chinese people? Yeah, that's a very important point, I think. And that's part of the experience. So the first point will be to choose a compound that is not um, full of foreigners. Uh, in our compound, we are the only foreigners there. Uh, but anyway, even if you live in a compound that um, is more expert oriented, I think one way is 
to ask for help. So Chinese are very help helpful, very curious. Uh, so if you ask them like, hey, how I can do that? Or how I can buy a grocery store? They will as well ask you like, how do you do it in your home country? What do you think about our system? How can, can you do it right? And then you can open a door to a friendship because they will always ask you later, like, could you get that that I ask, I help you? But do you need any kind of other help? And then you can explain as well why you need it or, or why it's different than in your home country. And this is some kind of exchange that will help you to build a relationship. Another good advice is that don't expect that that friendship look the same like in your home country. So as a Mexican, friendship means a lot of physical contact. And, and for me, it means that my friends, I can go to the fridge and make me a, my own sandwich. Uh, in Germany, it's totally different. So maybe I will be invited at home. Uh, of this friend, but I will not be able to go to the fridge and make my own sandwich. In China, it's different as well. We, we go to, we meet in restaurants, we share different things. The, maybe we do dumplings together, but in another place that is not at home of the friend. Don't try to compare friendship as you know it before, because every culture has a different way of friendship. So maybe here you have more like relationships so you have the the WeChat contact and then when you really you post something and they ask you like hey how can I help you so there are really different approach so be open to to make another kind of friendship how does Chinese language come in here I speak English and German um, and so when I came to China I say even if I stay two years my plan is to learn from beginning Chinese so I know already that when you come to a new country the language helps you every day. Every word that you know will help you in somehow. So at work, I don't need it. I speak always, as I say, English and German, but the colleagues appreciate a lot. And I think, as I say before, this open a door to build a relationship. And, and they really, really like when do, at least you ask, like, how was your weekend in Chinese? Even sometimes if they start to talk and then they switch to English, there was something that they say, okay, Thanks for trying. Let's focus on all those engineers working in Europe, including women with family. If I talk to you, you know, I don't even, uh, you, uh, you, you share the story like a professional and there's no idea about your family. That's, it's great because you're fully engaged in your job and your story. This is it's fantastic. But many women, they will tell you that they cannot work and go to China because they have a family and they don't want to have a career break. So what would you suggest them? Yeah, I think you should, as a, as a woman expert, you should take it. We are always focused as well on the whole package, right? So everything should work <laughs> together. So take it as a chance for your family. See as well how your family will grow up with this opportunity. So the exposure of your kids to a different culture, language, people, um, experience. So and take it step by step. So go for business trip to this region, ask uh, the people. So when I was here, I didn't find any similar case, like both working full time with a kid. So talk with the people. And then I found women who are working uh, or couples that are working or women who are working part time with kids. So, and then you build you build your own case. So. Okay, I will take that from here. So I will take the childcare from this example. I will take the contract example, the third, uh, contract tips from this. 
and then you build your own case. So don't be afraid and think about all this experience as a family. So it's not only about your development. This is something that will stay um, as a base from the family and you will get stronger together. The Chinese professional level is very high by now. You just described how the Chinese people are working on the Chinese market and the Chinese customers. So what kind of foreign talents and talent and skills are necessary now? I think uh, first is your area of expertise. It doesn't matter if it's tech or if it's uh, finances or whatever. But on the top of that, you need international competence. So that means something like patience, tolerance, opens to learn from China. So I see a lot of expats come and want to change things, right? So this is my way how to do it. That's what I want to do. I invite them to first come and observe how they do it, what it works well, and what could be improved, and then to bring your approach and make um, changes or, and optimize things. Um, I think if you want to come to China, it's not only about your technical skills, it's about as well to your soft skills, so communication and international competence. So what's next for you? How long do you want to stay in China? And do you think you will ever fit back in in Germany? I would like to stay as long as we could grow up as a family and as professional. Um, I think going back to Germany or to home, whatever home it is. So now I feel home is here because my family is here and we have a life here. I don't feel like I am missing home. Um, but when I go back, if I go back to Germany, I think it will be as well a big challenge, but in the reverse, right? So I will tackle in different ways because I already know the language. So will be other challenges. But in the, the end, it's uh, the same approach. Okay, what it works for my family, what are the good things, what is a no-go, and then implement the best of it. Is there anyone you would like to talk to? Anyone who you would welcome to contact you on LinkedIn? And what would you, you know, just if you could give one advice on top of what you just shared, what would you give to, to young people who want to try a career in China? Yeah, so I think I encourage every, everyone uh, who has interest to come to China or to give that step ahead with the family going abroad to contact me. I will be more happy to share my experience more in detail. Uh, especially women who want to take leadership positions. So I, this is a topic that moves me a lot. So if, if there is something that I will, or do you think I can value at to you, don't, don't be afraid. You can contact me. I will be happy to share how is to be a um, boss in China um, as a woman. So it's quite good because here we have 50% of women in engineer positions. So it's a totally different, um, experience and I'm learning a lot for that. So my advice is, I will say that my advice is take the challenge as a family. It's really worth it. So if you want to go abroad, it's the best for all of you. And don't be afraid talking open to the family. They will have as well. They will be afraid as well as you. And, and then you tackle the, the challenge together. This will make you um, stronger. This will make you stronger and you will be a girl boss, right? That's great. <laughs> so, Carolina, thank you very much for coming on the show. And thank you. Bye. This was the China Flexpad podcast. 
I am Patrick. And I am Francis. We share the best advice of professionals in China to help you find a successful career path in China. Our guests tell you real-life problems and possible solutions for your professional and personal life in China. Thank you for listening and we hope you'll come back for the next episode. If you don't want to miss the next episode and enjoy more China and Korea-related content, connect with us on LinkedIn. Bye-bye. And 再见。